Hi, I'm Gary Duncan, the Executive Director of Worldwide KFUO. Thanks for listening online to our programs, our stream, our podcast, our online on-demand audio. We appreciate you. Remember, KFUO is a listener-supported broadcast ministry, so we do rely on your support to continue. So please prayerfully consider making a gift today. You benefit from the programs and you know how important it is to get the message out to the world. And that's what we do every day here at KFUO. For more information, you could call area code 314-996-1518 to talk to Mary or 996-1520 to talk to Mark. Ask them about the different ways to give to the ministry of KFUO. Thank you in advance for your support. Also, tell your friends about us. Most important of all, pray for the ministry of Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Good morning on this Saturday morning, and welcome to Wrestling with the Basics. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church, located on the beautiful Shepherd Line streets of South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Orleans, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And you know, Matt, I, I'm not one to whine and complain. Although, you know, you know, I really kind of do like to whine and complain. <laughs> Come to think of it, maybe I am one to whine and complain. But but uh, I think everyone should know that I'm playing hurt today. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you deserve it because you, you got an early Christmas present, I understand. <laughs> yes, that's right. So we go to the emergency room there at Redbud Regional Hospital, and, and uh, they do the CAT scan, and the doctor comes out and says, you have a rather large kidney stone. Oh. And, no. and 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 so at first it was six six millimeters, not centimeters. <laughs> One of my members misunderstood me. He thought, "Well, that's like two or three inches." It's like a, <laughs> it's like a six foot kidney stone. <laughs> yeah. No, six millimeters. Although the, the the last time six to seven, six to seven. They Holy said. Cow. So right now I got this thing in here. At any moment it might move. And so if you hear me screaming, Matt, that's that's what it is. It's just the kidney stone moving. <laughs> oh no, poor John. Yeah, you do not. Want a kidney stone for Christmas? No, uh, but no. hopefully it'll be taken care of before Christmas gets here, right? Right. So, yeah. Okay. In fact, this is kind of strange. And and the thing is, is we're not going to be able to tell you the results of this because Matt and I are actually recording uh, the episode for this Saturday, uh, December seventeenth, and then we're also record for next year already. We'll already be in two thousand seventeen, so we won't be able to report on this actually for for a, a month or so. But yeah, if you would all keep me in your prayers this coming uh, Tuesday, uh, that is the Tuesday, whatever that would work out mathematically, December 20th, I think. It's the 20th. Is it? Well, let's see. We got the uh, 18th, 17th, 19th, 19th, yeah, 20th. 20th. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we we need, don't do a whole lot of math. I'm a know, pastor. I know. You know not, not a whole lot of numbers we, involved. We could get a calendar, though, so we could actually oh, look true. this stuff up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so remembering your prayers, you got to go in there with some kind of laser beam or something and, and blast it into little tiny pieces so that we can get that out of my system. And yeah, like you say, hopefully we'll be able to celebrate Christmas without excruciating pain. Because trust me, excruciating pain really doesn't help anything. No way. 
way to celebrate the holidays. <laughs> no, huh? it isn't. Oh, boy. Uh, so so anyway. you're going to take care of like a Jedi with a laser. <laughs> no, oh, that's, that's great. Right. <laughs> Jedi John. <laughs> take that, kidney stone. <laughs> that's right. I'm glad you can laugh about it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, you are in our prayers and in my personal prayers, and, and uh, pray that the Lord gives you a speedy recovery, too, because this is a pretty busy time of year for pastors, it, it too, as is. you well know. So. And I've already been out three days with hospitalization trying to deal with this yeah. and everything, but it, it's all getting taken care of. And, and you know what, people? I know a lot of people out there have got a lot of struggles and trials going on in the holidays, and I guess that's the great thing that uh, Matt and I have to offer you, because, you know, the world keeps saying it's all about being happy. It's all about being happy. But it ain't always happy at Christmas time, but that's okay. It'll always be a joyous thing because uh, God still loves us. That's the thing I've had to remember. God loves me even when I have a kidney stone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and, and the peace that He gives. You know, we just so we're looking at that candle of peace in the Advent oh, candle. Yes. You know, Jesus words, "My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you." Now, as the world gives, yep. do not let your hearts be troubled. So, hopefully, peace even in the midst of. A kidney well, stone. Well, see, that's the thing that tickles me. So so we're doing the one-year series. We, yeah. We've never done that before. And so the Gaudete Sunday, the Sunday of joy, oh, rejoice always. Uh, yeah, that's the other neat thing that comes with the one-year series. You get the fancy <laughs> names, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, so and, and, and people, you know, one year, three year, you've you're got the pink candle, you know. It's something different about that third Sunday in Advent. Uh, uh, Do you have uh, the pink pyramids over at uh, St. Paul's? <laughs> I don't have got those yet. the pink pyramids? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like you said before, it's a pyramid industry, aren't they? We know, just got to more and more one, colors. One Sunday year, come on. Uh, but, but, but the text, Matt, for the yes. one-year series is John in prison. Isn't that ironic? This doesn't seem joyful. You're locked away in a dungeon, and yet that's the point. You can be locked away in a dungeon and still have reason to rejoice, especially when Jesus says to him, you know, I raised the dead. That's what he says, John. If if you die in prison, it's no big deal because I'm the guy that raises the dead. So, hey, before we go any further, though, this is a really big, big day for you guys, too, over there at Ascension. It is. Thank you. I I mentioned the shepherd-lined streets of St. Louis uh, and the Shepherd Line Street. Yes, and I that, wasn't paying attention. That is I'm sorry. no lie. They will be lined with shepherds, and we're going to throw in a few wise men. Even though I know we're jumping the gun here, okay? <laughs> uh, but Mary and Joseph, the wise men, will be on their way at least. Um, and an angel choir this year. We're having five different choir groups come out to be a part of the. Oh, uh, that's the, right. The Did you get them all lined too. up? Because well, I know we, we had eight half-hour slots. We got five of the eight. Okay. So if anyone listening wants to be a part of this next year, <laughs> let us know. We'd be happy to. You to uh, publicize your. You want me to come down and, and sing for you? I can do that. Down. What, what, yeah, bring what? the new eight, the, the Saint Paul's choir. Just me. Just I'll just sing just myself. Do a solo. <laughs> just, we'll dress you up like an angel, and Jolly John can do a solo. But anyway, no, really, do come down five to nine p.m. Uh, we're at uh, uh, fifty-three forty-seven Donovan, uh, right across from Francis Park in South St. Louis, real close to Ted Drew's. So come check out the lights in uh, the St. Louis Hills area, and then stop by for the live nativity five to nine p.m. We've got hot chocolate and Christmas cookies too. So uh, check it out and and be sure to make Christ part of the center of not just part of, but the center of that Christmas celebration uh, this year. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun. Now, this is the second year you've done it, right? It is. It's the second yeah, year, so yeah. we're trying to build on it a little bit each year. And one of the joys I have in the live nativity is seeing children come, and I just love seeing these grandparents and parents getting down on on their knees, pointing out and describing to their grandkids what's taking place ah, here. Ah, cool! It's just 
provides an opportunity, a setting to have that conversation about what Christmas is all about. Uh, and then there'll be a radio broadcast too, just you know, uh, ten blocks or so around the uh, the church, with a, a broadcast explaining the nativity and what Christmas is about, and a, kind of a neat message to go along now, with it. Now the thought just occurred to me, and, and again, please uh, remember, I'm playing hurt here. I, I just had anesthesia two days ago. <laughs> the pain meds maybe haven't worn off yet. So it's pretty much like any other Saturday morning. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> At all. Are you? Do you participate in this? Do you, are you the Jesus? Well, of course, you wouldn't be the baby Jesus. But are you Joseph, or do you have well, any role? No in one this? would come if I was baby Jesus. <laughs> I would scare the small children. <laughs> no, that I, last year I was uh, a shepherd. Oh, you uh, are cool. Okay. This year I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna be the pastor. So I'm just gonna wander oh, okay. around, mix and mingle, and uh, especially those choirs I mentioned that are coming in. Uh, connect with them. Make sure they know where to go, what to do. We've got angel costumes for them made up. So I know you said the that. Angel chorus. Yeah, so, yeah. And enough uh, that they could be changing while the others are, are still singing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. And uh, we'll have live animals too. Uh, we had Frank the camel last year. I understand he's too big this year. So oh, he have, grew up. We have a different camel. So we'll see if he's as lively as Frank was. <laughs> yeah, Frank was a Frank killer, was, wasn't he? Yeah, Frank. Yeah, <laughs> it was worth coming just to see Frank. He ate part of the wise man. Costume. The one wise man did not get away with this whole costume by the end of the night. So here's what we want to do for you, because we're not going to be with you on Christmas Eve. I, I'm sorry. We we talked to the station about doing a special hour long wrestling with the basics in honor of Christmas Eve, and somehow they declined that. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Well, they're doing special. That's what they said. They said we have special programming yeah, going this isn't on. Special. Come on. So, it doesn't get not. much more special yeah. than this. Uh, so we won't be talking to you until the next year. So we've got the jalapeno chorus uh, sitting on the, the the platters on the disc. They're ready to go. The oh, disc on the platter, whatever. So we have that ahead for you. Uh, and we want to start talking about the names of Jesus. That's how we're going to kind of celebrate Christmas. But before we do that, I wanted to do one last Adventy thing. Can okay, I do one last sure. Adventy we thing? We love Adventy things on Wrestling with um, the Basics. Well, it's just because I, I ran across this insight from Luther, and, and, and I just impressed me, and I wanted to share it with our listeners. You know, you got this business about John the Baptist, because he's the big guy in the Advent season, be it one-year or three-year electionary, and rightfully so, because he's the one that's preparing the way for the coming of of Jesus Christ. Last of the prophets. And so you have this great thing where he says, I'm not worthy to untie the uh, sandals of the one who comes after me. Yeah. And, And, you know, we hear that, but I don't know that we fully comprehend the, the significance of that. Uh, uh, but so, so how do you take that when you hear that business about untying the sandals of the one who comes after me? Well, I think of, I can't help but think of that night in the upper room. Ah, when Jesus washes the disciples' yeah. feet and untying their sandals, washing their feet, that's a pretty lowly job. That's kind of the lowest of the jobs. And yet Jesus takes on that role as the servant, as the, the ultimate servant. That is even an example to us of, of how to serve. And so John says, yeah, he's not even worthy to untie Jesus' sandals. So uh, as, as not even worthy to be that lowest of the servant for Jesus. And, and see, what struck me about that, though, is, is we don't really think that through. Because that is, as you said, a very profound statement then to say, because uh, my understanding is if you were a disciple, uh, according to the rabbinical tradition, you know, because I'm always reading about the rabbinical oh. traditions. <laughs> uh, um, you could ask your disciple to do anything except anything to do with your feet. Because no, no, even even your most humble of disciple, you wouldn't ask him to wash your feet or do anything like that. So like you said, it says something very profound that Jesus, Jesus does that. Sure. 
Um, but but from the law aspect, when John says, I'm not worthy to untie the sandals, see, it just struck me because we think, well, well sure, we could untie Jesus' sandals. Sure, we could wash his feet. We could help him get dressed. We could we could uh, take, the, take the lint off of his jacket. We could suggest ties for Jesus Christ to wear, <laughs> see? And, and we don't understand. No, no, we can't do that. We're not worthy of that either. John was the one who was the greatest born of women, and he wasn't worthy to serve Jesus that that way. And it occurred to me that's that's our biggest problem, that we really think oh, we are pretty decent servants of Jesus Christ. And why not? You and I are pastors. We're going to be doing all this Christmas stuff for Jesus. Of course. You can have a kidney stone. <laughs> that's right. A kidney stone for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think the essence of Christianity is to wrestle with the fact that John's right. We, if anything, we should be like those people of Israel who were, were, were shivering as God was on the mountaintop and earthquake and fire and smoke and saying, oh, we don't want to talk to him. You go talk to him, because that's our position. We are not worthy to serve Christ at all, not in the least service, not even to unlace, uh, untie his sandals. Uh, uh, and, and that's the thing we have to grasp. That's how deep our sin is. We need to understand we're like Peter. We're not worthy disciples. We're unreliable people. Uh, um, and yet then, Matt, as you said, that's where it gets to be really, really comforting and wonderful as we look at this one who is so holy, so perfect, so pure that we we shouldn't even dare to be in the same room with him, little less even think we could serve him. And yet, like you say, we look and, and there he's down on his knees. And he's washing our feet, and he's being uh, mocked and spit upon and abused for us, and he's suffering and dying on the cross for our sakes. And all of a sudden, you begin to understand that passage where Paul says he he didn't think being God was something to be grasped, but rather took on the form of a servant and, and was obedient even unto death on the cross. And those profound words of Jesus that says, I, I didn't come for you to serve me, but that I might serve you and give my life as a ransom for many. And now you've grasped what the heart of Christianity is and what the heart of Christmas is, the realization we're, we're not worthy of anything. Uh, we, we're not even worthy to be his servants. But that's the great thing. He doesn't need us to serve him because he came to serve us. He came this Christmas to do everything we possibly need and want without a thing from us. Which, of course, makes people uncomfortable when we Lutherans talk that way, because then they think, well, nobody will do anything then. They, they won't go to church. They won't give to the poor. They won't do the good things they're supposed to do. But see, we know the secret. That's when people really start to do the good things, because they realize all we want to do is what Jesus does. He saw needy people, and he helped them. He didn't ask a thing from them. He didn't expect anything from them. He just saw them in need and helped them. That's all we're supposed to do, too. Wherever we see people that have needs, whatever we can do, we help them. And it's as simple as that. And it has nothing to do with us getting saved or God loving us. It's just because we know we are saved and God does love us. So there's my mini Adventy sermon for our episode. <laughs> it was good. But the, the, the feet, not worthy of tie sandals, the, the seriousness, the depth of our sin. Yeah. But also, when you look at that night in the upper room, the depth of God's love for us, too. See, that's I'm, I'm thing. thinking if John the Baptist would have been in that upper room, Guess what? I think Jesus would have washed his feet, he would too. Have. You know, and, and that's just incredible because, uh, yeah, it, that should never happen. He's the son of God. He, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Uh, the word that was made flesh, but yet he stoops down, becomes one of us in the incarnation, in his birth at Christmas, but then also uh, in his suffering and death on the cross, like you pointed out. 
Yeah. And and I like what you say because that's what we don't grasp. The more we realize how unworthy we are, the more what he does becomes exactly. so marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet our sinful nature is that we're kind of thinking, well, we kind of deserved it. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're going to go to church at Christmas time. Doesn't that count for something? Yeah. Uh, and to realize, no, nothing counts for anything. And that's okay. It doesn't have to count for anything because he just loves us. He's going to do this regardless of anything we do or what we are. Uh, in fact, he does it despite what we are. So. Yeah. And then we're set free to serve and to love and to yep. come to worship. Not because we have to, but because that, that's who we are in Christ. Yep. That's, a, yeah. that's in Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're free to do that. We don't have to worry about doing it to get our way to heaven, but securing our salvation for Jesus' sake. Yeah, we're free to serve. So you wanted to talk about the names of Jesus. We'll, we'll make a sure. shift now to, to Christmassy things. All right. Since we won't be with you next well, weekend. Well, let's, let's use... So what do you want to do? What well, do you want to do? Well, with the help of Charlie go? Brown, All let's right. make our shift. Okay. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all oh, about? Yes. All right. What is it all Very about? Very good. Well, you know, well, we turn to God's Word uh, to find out what it's all about. So I'm glad you asked because, you know, typically when we look at a uh, text about Christmas, I think our go-to text is Luke 2. Right. That account of the birth of Christ, and rightly so. Even in Charlie Brown's Christmas special, that's what Linus recites, right? He gets up there on the yep. stage and he starts reciting those words of Luke 2 and Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. Uh that's great, and and perhaps we'll take a look at that too. But I thought maybe we'll start a little bit with with Matthew's text because this is one that sometimes gets a little bit maybe overlooked uh, during this Christmas time. But uh, Matthew also has this account really of Jesus' birth, or at least the events leading up to it, which I think are key for us to know about uh, to get the full picture of what's happening at Christmas. So where do you want me to start? So let's reading, go to Matthew. Luke chapter one. Uh, beginning, no, wait a second. I mean, excuse me. Luke is, uh, see, Luke is so ingrained in us this time of That's year. Right. Uh, but no, Matthew, Matthew, uh, chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 18. All right, that's and, what I got loaded I think, up. You know, even verse 18, now listen to how Matthew kind of prefaces this, and he talks about what he's going to say, what the story's about. It's about Jesus' birth. So, yeah, if you want to start with uh, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Keep on? Uh, well, let's see. Well, well let's stop there. First okay. of all, uh, this is the account of Jesus' birth. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Christmas here. But what happens leading up to that? Uh, Mary and Joseph, they're betrothed, so they're it's more than just an engagement. I mean, they're committed yeah. to each other, but yet that marriage hasn't been consummated, okay? Mary's still a virgin here, uh, but yet they're they're united, all right? Yeah. Um, and then Joseph finds out uh, that Mary is with child. Yeah, and I think he assumes what any of us would, right? Well, here's the thing that tickles me, because I remember years ago I was reading a critical a critical commentary, uh -huh. and and this critical commentary suggested that uh, the virgin birth came from the fact that they have a lack of scientific knowledge. That if they had the scientific knowledge that we have today, they would realize, of course, that there couldn't be a virgin birth. And then I think of this story and realize, well, you know, maybe they didn't have sonograms and and all of that stuff, but I think they pretty well knew how things worked. Yeah, basic <laughs> biology. The birds and the bees have yes. been around for a while. And so, yeah, that's like you say, that's why Joseph said, yep, yeah. you're pregnant. Yeah. Well, we know how that happened then. Yeah. yeah, you've been unfaithful to me. Yeah. But but then Joseph, uh, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So Joseph is trying to do 
the right thing. The right really thing. Here. He really yes. is. Yeah, I mean, because he, that's the word there for justice. It's it's uh, uh, to be right. Right. Yeah. Righteousness. Yeah. yeah. The right thing. So he he knows that. You know, what, what does the law demand in cases like this? Stoner. Well, yes. Yeah, stoner. So it's, it's more than just being put to shame. It's it's kind of put it mildly. It's stoner. Yeah. That, that John eight passage where they bring the adulterous woman yes. before Jesus says the law says we should stone her to death. What do you say we should do? Yeah. 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 So I think it's kind of interesting. So. John, I mean, Joseph, rather, um, he's about to do really the, the wrong thing. Yes, yes. But he's he's doing it for the right reasons. Isn't okay? that crazy? Isn't that yeah. interesting? Or he thinks it's the right he reason. He thinks yeah. it's the right reason. And the only way he finds out it's not the right reason, that this isn't what the Lord's will is, is by God revealing that to him. And, and doesn't this just fit in what we said earlier? He thought he was worthy, didn't he? I know how to do things. I'm a good guy. And yet he doesn't. He yeah. absolutely doesn't. Yeah. And, no. and, and, and yeah, and, you know, by all accounts, yeah, he seems to be doing the right thing. You know, by any human standard, people would see that and say, oh, yeah, Joseph, you're a good guy. But no, here, this in this case, this is not the Lord's will. No. And for him to be able to see that, God has to reveal it to him, show him. I think of us, too, how oftentimes we think we're doing the right thing or we're the worthy ones, but then God reveals to us his will. He reveals to us our sin. He reveals to us, thankfully, the Savior, too. You want me to keep reading? Yeah, why don't we keep All reading? Right. How does God reveal this to uh, Joseph? In a way, it's it's very unique to Joseph, but in a way, it's maybe not so unique, too. So, yeah, with yeah, verse 20. It just occurred to me, see, this is why we don't do this on Christmas Eve. Because, hey, kids, guess what? The baby Jesus almost got stoned to death before he was even born. <laughs> Isn't this a wonderful... <laughs> and, and, yeah, his mom, she was an adulteress. Yeah, no, see, this is way too adult to be using. Well, and, you know, the thing of it is... The virgin birth has been criticized over the years. I mean, all yep, sorts yep. of reasons. Oh, Mary was a, you know, a loose woman or something, or someone snuck in the darkness of night and slept with Mary, and she didn't know it, or thought <laughs> it was Joseph. You know, all these bizarre, you know, off the wall explanations for this. Uh, some just saying flat out, well, it doesn't really matter whether there was a virgin birth or not, but it, it does matter. Yes, it does. Because if if it's not a virgin birth, if it's not if this child isn't conceived by the Holy Spirit, it's just some kid. You exactly. Know? Yeah. It's just a man. An another John the Baptist uh, who could have been maybe the finest born of women, but that's the problem. Yeah. Even if you're the greatest born of women, it's you're still enough. a sinner, born it's in sin and conceived in iniquity. It's not enough to be another John the Baptist. It's not enough to be Joseph Jr. You need someone else. You need someone who is God himself. Yeah. And that's why this is so important. Um, so we want to look at this and see how, yeah, indeed, yeah, it's more than just some other kid. All right, I'll keep reading. I, Matt's looking at the I'm clock. I'm looking at the clock because now, I know we have the jalapeno chorus queued and oh, ready to go. Okay, yeah, well, don't let so, me forget okay, about that. All right, all right. Uh, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Stop there. Or? Well, why don't we stop there? I think okay, it's a pretty yeah. good place. But we yeah. got to do more of this. We'll do this uh, uh, yeah, in so, January. So we've only gotten to one name so far. Yeah. We got to, to Jesus. Because we wanted to do the names. But we're yeah. going to get to another name, too. But here, I think perhaps the, the, the point to highlight is God reveals to him through his word spoken by this angel that this is special. This is conceived from the Holy Spirit. And this is so key and so important. It's even a part of the Apostles' Creed, right? Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the not just Mary, but the Virgin Mary. You know, this is not some other some other guy's kid. No, this is 
God's kid. <laughs> Jesus is the son of God. And God reveals that to Joseph through through his word, right. through this angel. Uh, just like he does today. Maybe not through angels, but still through his word is how he reveals his will for us. And angel simply means messenger. Yeah, so messenger, he can do yeah. that any way yeah. he wants to. And he's actually doing it between right now with you and yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Crazy. I know. Yeah. Well, thanks be to God. All right. Well, uh, All right. okay. We need to talk more about that name Jesus and then the other name, like you said, but it's time. It's time, but it's there it is. Okay. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, John. Hope that kidney stone gets taken care yeah, of. Yeah, I hope again, so, we, too. We'll keep you in our prayers. Blessed Christmas to you, too, Matt. And to all of our listeners.